0: Jesus, I crave to know you to know you will satisfy my soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 56. I want to thank you for maybe stopping by for the first time, or if you've been walking with me in these podcasts, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to explore what's coming out of these. I pray that they're a blessing, uh, an encouragement, an inspiration to what is available inside of hunger and desire to know more of God, to know more of what he said and what he's saying. So I pray that this is a blessing. Um, I've taken several days off from an episode uh, just enjoying some of the inactivity. So uh, I appreciate you stopping back by for this one. This particular episode was actually kind of spawned off of another study that I feel like God is having me do. And again, it's kind of birthed out of a question. And as I explore that question throughout scripture, what can I learn from it? What can I take away? And so I'm in the process of that. But in in the process of that particular exploration, something else kind of popped out to me in a moment. And and I think that it's it's kind of more easily digestible in a short span of time. So that is what I'll be sharing today. And it really focuses around kind of some of our perceptions of biblical characters, uh, age, sequence of time, passing of time, and, and how it relates to God's time in his timetable, which has really a big exclamation point in how we, how we understand or maybe how it relates to our patience as it relates to God's time. So I'm just going to point out some things, some observations that really were pretty new to me. And you may have already connected the dots to this. And if so, you know, that's that's great. And if it's new, I hope that it gives you a maybe more clear imagination of what's happening or what's taking place. So we'll just jump right into it. Now, I'm going to be covering I'm not. I won't be reading a lot of scriptures per se, but we'll be covering a lot of scriptures. We will we will be in Genesis and it's going to be a progression of many different chapters which covers a wide range of time. And that's something that we don't really think about too much. When we read the Bible, we can read it very linearly and what takes us maybe, say, 30, 45 minutes to read over the course of five, six, seven chapters, something that we very often forget is that that could actually encompass a large number of years. Could be five, 10, 20, 30 years. Could have passed in the course of those, say, five chapters. So as you read, keeping in mind that what we're reading could, in fact, be a timetable of many years. So that's really the case, and part of what we are exploring today. And we'll start in Genesis at the end of 11, but leading into 12. And you may be familiar with this section, but in chapter 11, Verse 26, we get in this half of this chapter really a genealogy, a lineage of the family line of Shem. And as the writer goes through this account in verse 26, we come across a man named Terah or Terah, and it says, After He had lived 70 years. He became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So Abram, we know, becomes Abraham. So Terah lived 70 years, and he became the father of Abraham. I'll just say that. Now, I have discovered some really incredible things in the past as it relates to lineages or genealogies and and the time frame in which passes between multiple generations and the overlap that can occur. So I would encourage you when you read through genealogies, they can be very burdensome and dry and somewhat boring, but there's actually some pretty profound things to discover if if you'll allow yourself to to one endure it and then for two be be fluid to impressions that you may get or curiosities that you find yourself coming across when you're in these and A lot of times, that's the Holy Spirit is leading you or directing you into some very awesome discovery. It could be small, it could be grand, but you will never know until you entertain those thoughts that I believe that the Holy Spirit will impress upon you as you explore Scripture. And this is another occurrence where that's happened as it relates to the timelines and ages uh, of a particular person or family. So we notice in verse 26 of chapter 11 in Genesis, uh, Terah had lived 70 years and he became the father of Abraham. So that means at 70 years old, Terah birthed Abraham. Now, if you fast forward um, in verse 32, You see that Terah lived 205 years and he died in uh, Haran. So that means after the birth of Abraham, Terah lived 135 additional years. Okay, so at the birth of Abraham, Terah would have been 70 years old. He would have lived an extra 135 years to then finally die at the age of two o five. And in verse twelve or rather chapter twelve we see that Abraham is called. And it says in verse one, The Lord had said to Abram, we know that is Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. He goes on to say in verse 3 I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4 So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was seventy five years old when he set out. From Haran, he took his wife Sarai, who we know will be will be renamed Sarah. His nephew Lot, which we have uh, a a quite a quite a developed story in the future for Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Okay. So it tells us the text tells us that Abram Abraham left his everything he knew to follow the Lord's promise and call at the age of 75. So remembering that Abraham born when Ter- Terah was 70 Abraham lives the course of his life to the age of 75. Now, many of us, you know, feel that, myself included, we get a little antsy about feeling like we need to start walking in the purpose that God has created us for. And we get eager and and anxious and and all of that. And that's, that's, that's great that we desire to walk in what God has designed us for. But notice here, Abraham, he didn't get to start really taking those steps until he was seventy-five years old. Now, granted, we also keep in mind that as you go through some of those genealogies, and until and then we ultimately find the the length of life. We know Abraham dies um, um, at the age of one hundred and seventy-five. So, the lengths of lives obviously different from what we experience today. Um, But that still doesn't discount the fact that a year was a year and 75 of them had to progress before Abraham even got to start taking the steps. So that should, one, kind of, I would say, challenge how we kind of chomp at the bit to get going. Um, I think that even with myself, it causes much frustration when I start getting a little too... Restless, and wanting to to begin what God is wanting to do, sometimes He gives you those glances and whispers, and sometimes even just bold statements, just like He did with, um, just like He did here with Abraham, of of His promise. But there is a process that one must go through to get to the place where you can take the right step, and. I believe that we see that even in the New Testament with Jesus he's baptized by John the Baptist and then immediately following the spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil so and there's this 40 day period that Jesus is in the wilderness resisting every attack of the devil there Jesus himself had a period in which now keep in mind Jesus' ministry was only what they say three, three and a half years. It was a very short ministry. And so when you think about forty days preceding the the jumping into the full swing of his ministry, forty days a pretty substantial period of time out of the course of three to three and a half years. So don't be discouraged. In fact, expect a period of preparing, a period of shaping and molding to occur. And it's really God's goodness that he does this. Because if he sent us out in at the very moment we're able to at least make steps, we would very likely... Either fail, or just begin to disintegrate under the pressure and the uh, the decisions. You know, it, there's a, a maturity that comes into play that hearing God and dis and discerning His desire, and so it's really His goodness and His timing is perfect, and so we'll just keep that in mind as we kind of walk through this. So. Abraham, 75 years old, when he sets out of his father's household. Now, we said that after Abraham is born, Terah lived 135 years. So that would tell us, um, I think I felt like I had written this down, but perhaps I didn't. So something like, what, 50 Fifty-eight years, sixty years, that Tara would have still been alive after Abraham left, and and sometimes, and I think that's one of the goals of this episode is to give a little perspective in f- either right perspective or right thinking as we imagine these biblical stories. I don't think, and I I may be unique. But I really didn't imagine uh, Abraham's father, who's Tara, I didn't really imagine him still being alive when Abraham leaves. But if if my understanding of the years and the timeline and my math is correct, then he very much was alive. And what does that do to challenging Kind of how we think about how we relate to ob- not obligations in the sense of you know your duty to to family and while that exists absolutely without question even the New Testament is clear about uh, caring for your family but there is also simultaneously running parallel to the duty of taking care of one's family. There is a duty also to obey that which God has called you to do. And that is the, the necessity for maturity, spiritual maturity, to discern. because one could feel that there is, or presume to be a call upon you to do something from God when in fact, you could have misunderstood, misappropriated the a call or the direction, and in fact do something contrary to the will of God as it relates to your family or obligation. So it's very critical that neither of those uh, commands run into dysfunction. The command of caring for your family, you must not be dysfunctional about that, and you must also not be dysfunctional about neglecting God's command or call you must obey what he says and what he asks of you so there's a simultaneous tension between those two realities and both must function in harmony and neither one can can be executed in dysfunction and and that's a that can be a very frustrating point of it seems like could that are those contradictions how can i you know as jesus points out unless a person is willing to forsake you know mother father wife children you cannot be my disciple how can you reconcile that with the also with the parallel uh, scripture in the new testament of if one does not care for his family he's worse than a um, an infidel or a traitor, somewhere along those lines. There is a tension of reconciling those two realities, but those two realities absolutely exist, and that is the necessity for why we must be connected to, so tethered to the Father that we, by the Holy Spirit, are in touch with what He's saying, with what He's asking, and for what He is desiring. So we said that Abraham leaves his household at the age of 75, leaving his father, Terah, about 60 more years of his life before he dies. Now, we said that Abraham dies. We read further in that he dies at the age of 175. We also know that Sarah dies eventually at the age of a hundred and twenty seven. Now, as I was as as I was kind of cruising through some of these and thinking about how the timeline fits within its within itself, I noticed that in Genesis it was Genesis twenty when I when I noticed this and I thought I was reminded that Oh wait, this has happened before. So you remember, possibly when Abraham uh, poses his wife Sarah as his sister to Abimelech, and this is in chapter twenty of Genesis. And I was and I was reminded, oh wait, this happened before. So when you look when you look at that, it's in verse twelve, and it's when Abraham there was a there was a famine that was happening. So Abraham was seventy five. He sets out. I'm in chapter 12 here, and he travels through these different sites. The Lord appears to Abraham and tells him, I'll give you this land. So he built an altar to the Lord, and from there he moved on to the east of Bethel. He pitched his tent uh, on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. Verse 9 of chapter 12 says that then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. Now, verse 10, there was a famine that we see in Egypt. And so Abraham goes down to Egypt to live there because this famine was so severe. Now, here's where Abraham gets this cunning little plan uh, that is probably cost him more than he realized. But verse 11 as he was about to enter egypt he said to his wife Sarai, i know what a beautiful woman you are when the egyptians see you they will say this is his wife then they will kill me but will let you live say you are my sister so that i will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you hmm tricky little abraham right Verse 14, when Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. This is interesting and very intriguing because Abraham does a deceitful thing. It's a partial truth. We know that he, eventually we read that Sarah is his sister on his father's side, but not on his mother's side. So I guess we could call her a half-sister. So it's a little bit deceitful and trickery. Um, very reminiscent of the behavior of his son, who would well his son's son Jacob remember the trickster, and who um, actually deceives his deceives Isaac in his the blessing for the inheritance he gets over his brother Esau, very reminiscent of this, I think a a very important thing that we can learn from just this moment is the if the the dysfunction of fathers, if not dealt with, become the dysfunction of our children. We see this dysfunction very present in Jacob. So, we see Abraham's trickery and he, he recognizes that Sarah is such a beautiful woman that the Egyptians, especially the Pharaoh, will want her. Now this is something that I believe correct, my, my imagination got corrected. So when I imagine Sarah, I imagine her as this young, beautiful, darker skinned woman. But remember that when Abraham set out, he was seventy-five years old. Now, you may think, "Well, we don't see Sarah's age in here," but um, in fact, in verse in Genesis seventeen seventeen, we actually can get that cleared up because when when God visited. Abraham and promised in one year you will uh, have a son and Sarah will bear or birth the son. Abraham, in verse 17, fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? So, 90. Now that will tell us that will tell us that there is a 10 year age gap if I'm reading that correctly. Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90. So 10 years difference. Remember Abraham was 75 when they first set out. So that would mean then that Sarah would have been 65, when they set out. So, Abraham just knew that she would be the talk of the town, the bell of the ball. But, she was in fact, at least, 65. But more so, very likely, she could have been a year or two older than that depending on the time frame that that passes from when Abraham sets out to making their way through the land and into Egypt so i think that that is a really neat thing that is corrected in my mind that she wasn't quite as young as i imagined her to be now also remember that If she's um, at this this point, she would be 65. She lived until the age of 127. So she's about halfway into her life. So we could maybe call her middle-aged. However, even being middle-aged, she was extremely desirable to Pharaoh and the Egyptian people. Okay, so that's perception correction number one. I'm going to try to go through some of these fairly quickly because it's more so um, about just correcting some timings. Now, I've already mentioned this and I'll say it again though, but we remember that Abraham pulls the stunt again in chapter 20 when he visits uh, Abimelech. And Abimelech takes Sarah to be his. And at this point, this is, this would have to be, so Moses, Moses, this would have to be, Abraham said he would be 100 and Sarah would be 99. That was, or rather 90. Uh, This is, when in Genesis 17, then we get Genesis 18, 19 talks about Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. And then we get into chapter 20, 21 becomes the birth of Isaac. So as I understand it, I believe that what happens in 20 would need to be within the year that the visitor, the angel, the Lord, the visitor would Tell Abraham that she will bear a son in a year from now. So that encounter with Abimelech had to have been, as I understand it, within that year. That would mean that Sarah was 89 to 90. And still, Abraham pulls that same stunt, be my sister, tell them you're my sister. And so Abraham is blessed through this. In terms of materialism, but then we know that Abimelech is punished, that people are barren, they can't, so he must return her. So, again, fixing the perception of what I've thought versus what is truly the case. I think that's important, and that begs the question, how much are we assuming to be or imagining to be true in what we read in scripture compared to what is actually the case. Um, That stirs me to explore and to search out truth. The last thing that I want to point out um, timing-wise is from Genesis... 16 we we talked earlier about how we read things in this course of 45 minutes when in fact years can go by in the story finishing genesis 16 going into genesis 17 we know that ishmael is born uh, moses abraham is 86 years old when ishmael is born In chapter 17, Abraham's 99 and the Lord appears to him, gives him that promise of a year from now, you will have a son. So from 16 to 17, passes 13 years. From Genesis 12, where Moses gets... Why do I keep saying Moses? Abraham. From Genesis... 12 to Genesis 21 and what was 21 that's when Isaac is is born so from Abraham's call and his promise to the fulfillment of a son a singular son Isaac is 25 years 25 from Genesis 12 to Genesis 21 spans 25 years. From Genesis 12, the call and the promise, to Genesis 16, which is when Abraham and Sarah try to manufacture the promise, that's 11 years. And so, what what I believe that that... Helps to reinforce, especially to me. Um, remember, Abraham didn't get started till he was seventy-five. It took him twenty-five years to get his first, to experience the first, the seed of the promise. Remember, what what God promised Abraham was an innumerable offspring. And so Isaac is just the very beginning it's it's the the seed fruit uh, sprouting if you will but it took 25 years so why do I say all that I think it's important for me for you to remember that don't don't allow ourselves to get caught into the frustration of how things are not coming together like we think they will or like we hope they will as it relates to the time the progression of time it speaks also to how god's way and god's timing is best and as superior to ours, we see where Abraham, he, him and Sarah tried to manipulate and, and bring about the promise. And boy, how they messed that up. Now, we can also see that Hagar and Ishmael, how they were, they were rejected in the sense that the promise of what God was going to do would not come through them. But we absolutely can read that God blessed them and showed them favor. But we also see the fruit of when when man, when humanity tries to bring about something on their own, what kind of a mess they get themselves into. I mean the the division that has occurred occurred between the offspring, the the natural, uh, children of Abraham and the manufactured children between, through Abraham and Hagar, we see the turmoil that this has caused. And and so don't be discouraged by the timing. What seems like forever will one day come to pass as we cling to the promises of God. Don't be discouraged by the, the timing. Rest and be reassured that God's plan, he is fully capable and best capable to bring about. And I also encourage you to seek truth, to seek for clarity. And until the next time, God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you